Greetings one and all, whether you are in the universe, metaverse or rainbow, and welcome to an espresso shot of confidence. The podcast that explores all aspects of confidence, challenges taboos and unhelpful narratives, and empowers you to be awesome, loudly and proudly. It's time for you to grab a drink and settle in for the next however long this episode is. I'm your host, the master of awesomeness, Ashley Griffiths, and today we'll be exploring the power of mindfulness in our personal and professional lives. In the world that we live in, everything moves at a million miles an hour. There are so many distractions and responsibilities to take care of. In business, the hustle culture demands that we wake up at 4 a.m. and keep going well after sundown. We're constantly told that we should be doing more, buying more, getting more clients. And unsurprisingly, this leaves us all feeling overwhelmed, tired, and well on our way to burnout. And it doesn't just affect our working lives. This need to always be on means that we have limited time to spend with our families and friends, less time to enjoy hobbies, and look after our self-care. However, there is a better way, a way to introduce more balance into your daily life. And who better to talk to about this than Nikki Vinogradov? <laughs> That's only my 15th attempt to try to pronounce your surname. Seven out of 10 points. Oh, that's, that's, that's impressive. The last, last time was six. So um, he's a full mindset mastery coach who helps his clients gain clarity and focus in both business and life so that they can lead more purposeful and fulfilled lives. And it really wouldn't be an episode of an espresso shot of confidence without me butchering somebody's name. <laughs> so, Nikki, awesome to have you, mate. Can you tell us, can you let us know a little bit more about yourself and your business? Well, maybe I'll start with that my, my surname has been mispronounced hundreds of times because it's so strange. <laughs> so I'm used to it. I'm always looking forward, like, what, what's going to be this time? It means vineyard, by the way. And yes, so start with the most important first uh we own three chickens live in this small village i'm father of eight-year-old daughter i'm from finland from scandinavia you can see it from this house beside but my wife is czech and uh, on the professional side very much related to let's say even on the, to, to my spiritual side even though i don't see a side is that 14 years ago i was knocking on a door of buddhist meditation center because i really wanted to understand like how does mind truly function what am i beyond who am i like what what am i out of all these things what am i and i went to many retreats and a decade later i was on a i was about to not just about to but i signed up to be trained to be a neuroscience-based coach because my career had taken me to the point that i wanted to go on my own and coaching really aligns with my beliefs because it's not about me telling people anything it's really me guiding them to their power and these two things 14 years of mindfulness experience the inner experience of thousands of hours of meditation combined with understanding how brain works through coaching that's what i combined together it was really for, so important moment for me when i realized wow everything that I believe to be true and everything that I know will be effective for human development, I can combine it in my profession. And that's what I've been now doing on my own for two and a half years. I actually 
launched seven days before COVID hit. I think I was still saying in the first week, like, yeah, this flu will pass, but it just didn't. <laughs> but that was good timing. <laughs> oh wow, yeah, yeah, it most definitely, uh, most definitely hasn't passed, does it? I mean, I've I've just come out of my second my second blast of it mm. <laughs> just this last week. So I know that you've spent many years meditating. You've mm. participated in retreats. Um, I'm actually about to head off to Central mm. America myself wow. for some downtime and some space to sit with things um, because I know I've been so focused on my work recently um, and now it's time to get back mm. to nature a little bit or to myself. And I often hear many people when, when I tell them about my mm. meditation practice and, and the things that I've done in my life, I've often heard people say that they've tried meditation, mm. but that it doesn't work for them. Mm. and also there's i think there's still this notion that you need to go to a temple you need to spend ages there go mm. all zen you need to be all spiritual about that mm. so i'm hoping that you could shed some light on this so mm. to anybody that's out there that doesn't really get it mm. in your words what would you say is meditation and how yeah. can people integrate that yeah. in their daily life oh. All those things that are really cool that you're going to the Central America and all those things that you said are really relevant, like what meditation doesn't really work for me, or does it really work and what to, what to do with it. So best description that I know for meditation is comes from Tibetan language. That's where I learned about the mind, is Tibetan Buddhism. And the word for meditation is gom lung, and it means to become familiar with. To become familiar with what? To become familiar with like we know so much about the outer world. We even know how certain kind of insects survive winter. We know how to set up um, societal structures that can deliver the food and store it. We, we know so much about the outer world. But what if we ask ourselves that what is that part that is aware of it at all, that is even aware that it's being aware? And that's what all our spiritual traditions in the West East aim to do is to discover that. And that is when we are connected with that, that's where all the power is, the fulfillment. We experience everything in a very intuitive and direct way. And, and why am I saying this is that meditation works for everybody, but I will contradict myself soon on purpose so meditation works for everybody because everybody has those everybody can connect with those qualities there there's not a human being that is not able to experience deep inner peace however the thing is that if meditation is seen as a technique very often like it's very unfortunate that even mindfulness teachers they teach techniques to calm your mind like okay. get rid of your thoughts it's like thoughts are not problem at all they are just one aspect of our mind i lived in the buddhist meditation center i taught meditation and i do that now with my clients and why i'm saying this is what's the most common thing people say it doesn't work for me okay, how do you know i have so many thoughts actually that that means that it is working for you because you are becoming aware how much there is going on in your mind that's the very first layer that you start to peel it's like all this stuff going on here so of if you think 
that now that I meditated for two weeks and I still have thoughts, if you think you shouldn't have thoughts, then, then well, that doesn't work. However, one really benefits from understanding what meditation works for me, because we all have tendencies, creative, active people who have a lot of going on in their mind, they really benefit from meditations that have a lot going on. They don't benefit from somebody telling them, quiet your mind and breathe. That's, that's not their natural tendency. Sure. There are conditions where it's not possible for you to meditate. If you have a lot of suppressed emotions, if you have a lot of things that you don't want to look mm-hmm. into, if you try to use meditation as an escape, it will never work. And why is that? Is that when we meditate, yep. the mind relaxes, which means that everything that is suppressed comes to the surface. And if you have a lot of that stuff, first, you need to go to therapy or somewhere to work it out. And not to be concerned, all of us have stuff. Sure. All of us have stuff. And then it's a matter of, at the moment in our life, how are we able to handle it? If we get completely overtaken, if we will not be able to meditate. So maybe I would condense into that, that meditation means that we become familiar deeply with with ourselves and those who say it's woo-woo i would not even try to convince those people i would rather than say like okay go to google read some science articles about it yeah that kind of links into something i was going to ask you about next Mm -hmm. but the yeah i totally get that when i got into meditation all those years Mm ago i I went in with an open mind. I, I didn't know what it would be or mm. what it should be or could be. And, and it, it was certainly, and still is, I think, challenging for me on a lot of mm. levels. Um, but I remember when I was at a meditation retreat in Thailand a long time ago, the, the, probably the, one of the best bit of advice that mm. I was ever given in terms of meditation was to just don't go in with expectation. Yes. You know, you may be able to sit quietly for the mm. next however long. Mm. That That is a possibility. Mm. But there's also, you, you may just have thoughts bouncing around, bouncing around, bouncing around. <laughs> and, mm. and it was always just kind of observe them, which is, again, something that doesn't come naturally in the world that we live in right now, the because we're always on, right? We always yeah. have to be doing this, that, and the other. We've got all these responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And then you're being told just to observe a thought. And some of these thoughts, like said, can be can be intrusive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what <laughs> the thing that always makes me laugh, and it, it hasn't happened mm-hmm. for a while, but it, when I meditate every now and again, I, mm-hmm. I hear a song comes into my mm-hmm. head. Mm. And I, oh my life, I'm I'm like feeling very calm. And then this song, mm-hmm. not it's not even a song I like. Mm. but it will come into my head. I mean, I'm not sure what, what that is all about, mm. uh, but I kind of sit with it and I smile, um, mm. but, it, but it is a challenge. I know certainly to start with, when you mentioned earlier on to kind of Google to, to research stuff, there's, there's obviously mm. a lot of stuff out there about mm. the meditation, about mindfulness, loads and loads and loads of research mm. done on this and the benefits from a, from a mm. mental health point of view, from a physical health point of view, all of those things. But again, and I, I see this on LinkedIn all the time, people saying you've got to be mindful, you've got to be focused, you've got to be this. Mm-hmm. 
and you can see there's still a dismissiveness. There's a, maybe some misunderstandings about this. Mm. So how would you define mindfulness? Mm, that's a really good question. In, in some deeper way, cannot be even defined, but I will, I'm not dodging the question. I, will, I want to connect it to what you said, that it is very true that if we are all the time on, then we are living in this state that is in some level all the time agitated. And it, it's, imagine a person that is in a movie theater and has their face stuck on the movie screen. Sure. Well, that person is going to react to everything. If it's a good movie, great. If it's a horror movie, well, then it's a disaster. But everything is... But never there's the, what mindfulness is in the first level. And you mentioned about observation. The first level of mindfulness is, wait a minute, I'm in a movie theater. Like all this stuff going on, I don't need to, I need to actually look into it. So one of the things that that is shockingly awesome to my clients is when they're talking about something. And I, I might ask them something like, so how this thing you said about yourself, like, how do you know that to be true? And then they realize that so much of the stuff that they're telling, like you mentioned about story, is nothing else but like stuff going on. But when you look back, and that's the, another, again, I'm pulling a little bit back, what is mindfulness is, well, the first level of mindfulness is actually being aware of our thinking behind our thinking so that we, because then we can start changing things so you mentioned at the beginning that that kind of the environment the hustle culture always on and those things in one level it is true that we are victims of those and on the other level is that we are fully responsible because sure. when we are not observing we are not living our life we are living some shoot or shouldn't or have to we are just like we are running after things that is not even our own story sure. and we are react like now I, I should have this amount of money and do these things and th then you'd ask the person and why is it by the way important to you uh i i, I don't know okay so why are you doing it i don't mean it in any kind of way like what the hell are you doing i'm like what is actually important to you and that's one of the aspects of mindfulness. We can actually start directing our thinking because our thinking is our way to make sense out of the world. So we can direct our attention. I have all kinds of stories and metaphors for it. Maybe you can ask more if you want. But that's what I say. That's the very base of mindfulness. That we can actually direct our attention rather than our attention being like a leaf in the wind just that just goes from that story into this story and then it goes into, into some other story. I cannot imagine anything worse for a human being than to realize on their deathbed too late that, wait a minute, what was I actually doing? Like, who, who am I? And that's sure. like, I don't wish that on anyone. Yeah, I think you, you, you touched upon that there, that there's a lot of shoulds and, and anybody who's been listening this for a while or, or knows, knows my stuff on LinkedIn knows that I absolutely mm. hate the word should. 
Mm. Um, because there's always these external pressures mm. that are telling us that we need to do this or we need to do that, or you should be doing this. It'll make me happy if you did this, or it'll make me do mm. this, or you know, if you follow my system, you're gonna have all the success mm. in the world. And a lot of the time, you know, the body's telling you this, no, don't mm. do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. But I think a lot of people are just not attuned to that. I know in my journey, it, it's taken me a long time to mm. to really, really start listening to my body and being aware mm. that this isn't going to serve me. It doesn't matter what anybody says mm. here. This isn't going to serve me. This isn't going to make me happier. It's not going to mm. make my business more successful. It's just ultimately a lot of fear mm. that's that's coming up, and and that's been mind blowing, really, mm. for, for me. I mean, so what are your thoughts on that? Well, me? that is yeah. what you are saying is a prison. That's not our life when we live in the should. And I have to. It's so many of my clients. They start from there. Should I have to? And I very much ask them to pay attention to that because. The reason why, for example, you mentioned why the body resists it is because the body, the subconscious part of the mind knows that this isn't you, this isn't your story. And when we are not mindful, we live purely from, purely from reptile and mammal frame, which means that the world appears to us as that's comfortable. If I do these things, it will be comfortable. I will fit in. And those things, if they happen, then discomfort will be threatened. And then the person lives in the way that they look at the environment, which is the world. They look at other people, they look at society, they look at what's happening in the world, and they are looking, which, what do I need to do to fit into that? How do I need to change other people so that I can feel comfortable? And that's, that's the should and have to life, which is impossible sure. because the world changes all the time. So that's that's like the opposite of mindfulness means that we just react to everything because we think that the world needs to align with us. While as long as we live from that, we don't know what is important to us. And just imagine living in a way that you don't know what is important to you. There's no guidance. Sure. And that's what let's say again, besides that we are able to observe as a, that we are not taken by every thought and so on then if we want to go deeper on the level of mindfulness we need to explore okay what is really important to me okay why is this important to me if i had it how would that feel and what according to me what is meaningful life who do i actually want to be if i could right now all the fears gone all the limitations gone all the resources given to me what would i do who would i then want to be and that's the guidance then we sure. start living more from my personal experience. You might agree that it's pretty strange how difficult it is to be ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Because, because uh, and yeah, that's a good question. Like, why is it difficult? It's because we have the fears that we have fears that have no roots. Like when you really sure. explore your fears, you find out like this, like this is what I was afraid of. Yeah. I know from my experience that when you start exploring those fears, mm. it, it all comes down to something usually quite basic, mm -hmm. uh, be that a need for 
love or yes. a need for connection. And with the, the way that we've externalized everything in the world, it's super easy just to start thinking, well, if I buy more stuff, that'll make me happy. Mm. Or at the moment, I'm mm. going after a bit on, on social media. The fact that if I've got a million clients, then I'll be successful. It's like, mm. what is it that you really want? And mm. as I've gone with my practice, that's, it's, yeah, it's never the things that you think you want. And that's if we want to act, go and do deeper into mindfulness. And you said it so well that think we have externalized things. Okay, when I have million clients, then so I'll use one example of this. And the reason why we look for the love and peace and joy and those things is because we deeply intuitively know that we have them. That's our home. That's what is most natural to us. And we have access to all of that all the time. So as an example, one client, like, I want to be better high performing. Okay, why is that important to you? My colleagues should respect me. And I all, they, this is already <laughs> like a red flag. And then I, okay, imagine all your colleagues respect you now. They're like, adore you. What now? You, you can already see that she starts to be deflating. I will have less stress. Okay, when you have less stress, what will you have instead? Uh, I'll be relaxed. So, okay, when you're relaxed, what? I'll have peace. Okay, if you imagine that you would have this peace, mm-hmm. where you might experience it. And then the, she's a bit like, but then she's courageous, just a little bit here. Sure. Like, if you can relax into it, like just put your hand over, over your heart and See if you can experience now. And then I guide the person to experience like deep peace. And then usually they start expressing now. Actually, I feel it in my whole body. I feel I never felt so much peace. <laughs> and then I ask, ask them, okay, now when you know that you can, you have it, you don't need the respect of others. Like, what would you now do? So mm-hmm. I'm really trying to turn around that people start living from inside out rather than Okay, when X happens and that happens and that happens, then I can be this. It will be exactly to your example about million clients. It, it, that will never fulfill. If you read James Clear's Atomic Habits, there's the, exactly the example of like habits that are based on accomplishing something. That person will actually go down after that. Yep. Because it's like, okay, I thought this was going to be it but it wasn't yep yeah that, a huge fan of that book i've integrated quite a lot of mm. his teachings into into my life certainly my my morning routine yes has been transformed as um, a quick sorry go ahead Ashley. yeah it was just just same like with the with the habit stacking just make sure i do this and then i do this and then i do that and then i do this and, and why his book is so important is he underlines the most important thing there that in the end, the habits be connected to who we want to become as a person, because that's where that's that's almost like every development book, habit book misses that point. Like in the end, why why these habits? So I can do this. Sure. Okay, but why 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 why? And in sure. the end, unless we go more into the spiritual side, or like then the most important thing for us is to have some stable identity that is connected with what we consider to be purposeful. 
that's really makes us like really aligned and stable. Oh yeah, I totally agree with that. Because I, I, I read, um, I think yeah, it being the back end of last year, um, mm. James Clear, uh, the Atomic Habits, and I also was reading alongside it at the time a book that I'd had sitting in my shelf for like mm. ever, gathering dust. And I finally felt compelled to read it, and that mm. was um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by mm, Stephen Covey. That's a really good one. And he very much comes from it in a similar angle as, as James Clare, obviously different, different approaches, mm. but ultimately I think the goal is the same to have a clear fundamental awareness of who you are yeah, exactly as a person and understanding. And this is where I think with the Stephen Covey book, he really draws this out. Mm. You have different hats. You're the husband, the father, the businessman, mm. the colleague, the friend, Mm. And it's trying to align all those yes. into a purpose-driven lifestyle. And that, again, certainly when I read that, because I, I think that for me, there was always a bit of a resistance to it. I felt it was too mm. businessy. And then when I actually went in and read it, I was like, this is anything but. Yeah. This is anything but. I mean, yes, they're, they're talking about business a lot. There's a mm. lot of business examples, but it's about being human. Yes, it's one of those books that the name doesn't serve the book's sure. depth sure. really well. All that you're saying is exactly. And, and it really takes some awareness that we can work with those things. Like to work with our identity, it, we, we must pass down quite a bit of layers to be able to do that. If we live from reaction, we'll never be able to access that part of us. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I kind of wanted to kind of move on to like a bit mm. more of like how yeah. this works in terms of business. So over the years, I, I've kept on hearing this all the time, all the time, mm. all the time. And it, it's a real big buzzword at the moment, um, mindset. Mm. And one of the things that I've often heard is a lot of business experts suggest that success comes from 80% up here, your mm. mindset. And then 20% of strategy mm. and action. But I think much like mindfulness and stuff, there's no real consensus mm. about what is mindset? How mm. would it look? Is it individual? Is there a list of things that mm. determines whether you've got a positive or a negative mindset? Mm. Um, so I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this. So yes. how do you define mindset yes. and how can it help people um, so one in life and business? That's a really good question. One of the things why I started talking about more about, I've always, I always talk about mindfulness and mindset, no matter what I'm talking about, I'm talking in those contexts, but I, I, I used to not use those words, sure. especially mindset, because it's like mindset is everything. Okay. What do you mean by that? It became so annoying to me. It's like, what do you mean? And everybody's, yeah, it's mindset, mindset, but okay. What do you mean by mindset? So how would I define it and put work into how would I, to be able to express what is mindset? And I would even go as far as saying 100% comes from mindset. Okay. And because in the end, like where does the action and strategy comes from? And of course, nobody needs to believe me, but I'll share a bit. This might won't take hours, some minutes. Okay. So if we really take our time to observe ourselves, we will notice certain things. We'll notice that our mind or attention 
moves towards certain things that are inside us. And those certain things are our answers to what is life really about, including death. Okay. And more clear answers we have there, which we could say purpose level, more energy there will be released. I, I'll explain this a bit later. Then the mind goes into identity. Who am I? Okay. And then this is like internal hierarchy. And what sure. I mean by internal hierarchy, it is really hierarchy because if we define ourselves through environment, for example, I'm rich. Okay, how do you know? Well, because I have this amount of money. Then anything that changes in the environment will wreak havoc in our lives because our identity was built around environment. Yeah. And that's what, and then the mind. This is, I know this is very complex, but it will come together. Like in this case, the person's very unconscious mindset means that there's this belief that because I have money, I'm rich. And then there's the unconscious belief that because I'm rich, I'm valuable human being. Mm-hmm. So that's like the unconscious. That's the, and now I'll operate in the world as long as I'm rich, I'm valuable person. And then of course, they will find out that not to be true. But, and so there's the belief. When we express beliefs, we say in a healthy way, like I must do this. Unconscious beliefs are always expressed as I should or shouldn't do this. So beliefs are from our past and they can be very positive or limiting. And then there are values, which family and work are not values. They are ways of maybe living from the values. But values are things that we can experience without any external source. Of course, family is important, but if you ask the person, like, why is family important to you? What is important about having family to you? That's where you find the values. And these levels, purpose, identity, beliefs, and values, they are subconscious, meaning that they need to be explored and, will, and we can work with those, but they are not coming from reptile or mammal brain, meaning that they will not operate unless you are aware. And then a really healthy mindset asks, if these are important to me, if this is who I want to be, how mm-hmm. will I bring it into the world? So this is the level of our idea of how we do things, strategies, skills, knowledge, how we speak. And under that level is our feelings, which emotions and feelings are, are a bit different. Feelings are more mm-hmm. reactions. And, uh, and uh, what do we do? What exactly do we do? And then is environment, like, what are we what are we having what are we experiencing what kind of relationships we are we are having and those are we could say that all the aspects of those are the that's the not facade but that's that's the that's the structure of our internal internal let's say that's our internal structure in here Okay. okay and the subconscious levels is where the energy and drive and confidence comes from. And I use public speaking often as an example. Sure. There's a person A never spoke in public and is scared to do it, but they have this opportunity. Person B, same situation. The person A thinks, I have something to say, like I'm capable of doing this. And so I will move confidently into learning the skills and practicing person B doesn't think this way. The person B thinks I need to and should learn these skills and things so I can, and the person A, hopefully this is not too complicated, hopefully it's clear. Mm -hmm. The person A is 
now aligned their yeah. beliefs who they want to be and what they are about to do is aligned so there's peace and there's drive sure the person sure. be the identity level and the beliefs level will strongly resist. They will likely not allow them to move into learning those things. They will procrastinate. They will try to do everything that they don't have the speech. And this is a good uh, example of when you are aware of who you want to become and when you are not aware. Sure. And then to work with, with these things, we need to have enough awareness that we can see, okay, I want to become great public speaker but right now i have this belief about myself that i don't have anything to say so yeah. i'll work with that and then we look at our thinking behind our thing why am i even thinking that way how would i want to think and what must i do in order to change that sure and so we could say mindset is combination of all this and it's the filter that we see how we see the world so imagine that if you see the world in the way that it's threatening or pleasant, mm -hmm. then, then that's how you experience the world. You literally experience <laughs> everything falling into one of three boxes. Doesn't matter. I don't want that to happen. I want that to happen. And sure. we literally see other people as that guy can get me to comfort. That guy's a threat. I don't like them. But then when we operate from lot higher level where we for example think that human beings could suffer less and humans being have capacity to do amazing things sure and people can change and develop then we see then we operate in the world very different way what can i learn from this like okay this is terrible thing but but like what if i i want to be a resilient person now i'm here at the funeral and i want to be compassionate how can like how do i want to be in this funeral everything is given guidance in this so that's a we could say that's the difference between healthy and unhealthy mindset mindset what would i condense is that if we want to work with our mindset first we need to understand ourselves in a really good sure. way and the second thing is to have emotional awareness and stability to know how to work with the mindset awesome awesome i think that's that's so true i think the that awareness you know when, when you were saying about the public speaking mm. i i often say because i come at this from a language point of view mm. i'm really interested in the way that people people talk to themselves mm. uh, people will often say oh, i can't do that or i'm mm. unable to do that and those are quite wh whether this is true or not that can have a negative connotation because the people might associate competence with mm. that so I think I've always said to people, you can't do it yet. Mm. Okay. You can't do it yet. There's no reason why you can't do it mm -hmm. next week or in the future. Mm. Um, and much like what you're saying there, it takes, takes a bit of stepping back and going, okay, so what reasons are there why at this moment I either don't feel I can mm -hmm. Or maybe I don't have the skill to do it. Mm. Then may, you may not have the skill. You may yeah. not have the experience. But do that, I that, actually even want to do it? And do you actually want to do it? I mean, that's a key tenant, certainly, mm. of my content and with the way I work with my clients. Mm. It's like, do you want to do this? Mm. Do you really want to? Will it help you? Will it help mm. your business? Yes or no? And if you're sitting there going, mm. then no. At this moment, it's not right. Mm. 
It's a should. It's a should. And again, I think if you approach things from shoulds and, and from a place of lack, well, everyone else is doing it. I mean, like mm. everyone else is on TikTok, so I've got to be on TikTok. You know, my business will never succeed if I'm not on TikTok. Mm. I, I, I just don't prescribe to that. I, I mean, it, I think it mm. just puts unnecessary pressure on you. It can make you feel uncomfortable. And again, I think it just reconfirms and it gives you that evidence, like you were saying, that you can't mm-hmm. do something because you go on there, you do a few TikToks and nobody gives a damn about them. Yes. And immediately like, well, yeah, well, I knew it was a bad mm-hmm. idea. I'll never be successful at mm-hmm. this. It, it's a right vicious circle, right? It is. And, and can I comment on two things that you ended up yeah, really important. Exactly. The language, the language part is it's very useful for us to understand that it's not a myth that how we speak to ourselves programs. Our brain is not some self-conscious separate entity from us. It's the computer. If they say I can't do it, it you can imagine that you have a servant that will do everything for you. Everything you tell me, I will do it for you. And then you say to the servant, I cannot have, I cannot be a public speaker. Could I will go gather as much evidence as possible for that to be true? Because the brain will start paying attention to things. Yeah. Why? And then one of the really negative side effects of should is that if we really observe what's happening in our inside, if we say, okay, I guess I should do it. And it mm-hmm. means that there's one part of us that knows not to. And then there's one part of us that, yeah, like we should do it. Well, what is the expectation of how much energy will you have to do this thing yeah. if, if you don't want to actually do it, if it's not your thing? There's so many things we could solve so easily. If we could just put a little bit of awareness and look into ourselves. Oh, yeah. Just having that that awareness, isn't it? And I think you kind of touched upon this already. When you believe something to be true, you mm. find the evidence for it. And I've noticed it never fails to make me laugh mm. when it happens, when I mm. see the evidence of it. I'll use the example. I haven't seen this person for ages. Mm. And I wonder if they're all right. They turn up on LinkedIn. They send mm. you a message. You see them in the street. And I know that's, mm. uh, that's just one example, but... Mm. It's the same. I've read a lot about this and I've seen the evidence of it. If you're, if you're wanting to, I don't know, buy a new car, you'll see that particular car mm. all the time. And it, just these visual clues, cues. And, yes. and I know a lot of people, certainly in business, um, well, not just business, but I know sports stars use this, actors use mm. this, followers of law of attraction use this. Mm-hmm. People visualize. Mm-hmm. They visualize what, what they yes. want. They visualize what it would look like, how it would feel. Mm. And that kind of definitely comes across as really woo-woo mm. to people that haven't tried this. That thinking, well, how is me thinking mm. about this mm. going to actually mm-hmm. get, me, get me anywhere? I mean, that, and, or they'll sit down and they'll, you know, they'll imagine them buying mm-hmm. that dream house by the beach and they're in the middle, I don't know, they're in a flat in the middle of London and just mm-hmm. with this urban noise and they're thinking, oh, how the hell am I ever going to mm-hmm. do this? I'm in hell, I'm in purgatory. So, mm-hmm. uh, so could you just explain a little bit about yes. what, what is visualization and how can it help people in their yes. personal and business lives? First, I'll be 
on purpose a bit provocative against the wall people is that they don't understand how brain works okay because can we move into action that we cannot see can we move into action that we believe that we cannot do so what what we do during visualization i'll explain it like purely from the brain perspective i think public speaking is really good and clear example so if somebody for example lacks confidence in public speaking how can visualization help them first if you invite them to really get into their body imagine allow them to be in some relaxed place and that they must be really embodied in the visualization they are in the body and then ask them can you bring to your mind a moment where you felt confidence if they can which most people can but if they can't you relax them more and say well just take a guess like how might it feel Mm -hmm. how could it feel to have confidence okay this way okay relax with that and now if you had that confidence fully what would you again depends on the client if the client is um, a bit unsure you can just throw them like i wonder like you you can have a guess but if they know that they can have confidence then you can ask them how will you how will you move differently how how will your body move when you're confident okay how will you how will you think differently how will you feel how will you speak differently okay and then you ask them to look at yourself from outside because when you look at yourself from outside it activates the neocortex and the frontal lobe and mammal brain is active when you are when you are embodying yourself sure. which means the motivational reward system of the brain will start connecting the new behavior with a rewarding feeling when you look at yourself from outside you ask you ask the person okay now look at yourself when you are really confident how do you move how are your shoulders moving what do you see in your eyes mm-hmm. how are you speaking what are you seeing this makes the person see that new behavior is possible and now two things are happening rewarding emotion and belief that i can starts actually being connected with practical action movement and then you ask the person okay now like really get into the feeling of confidence really get into that feeling like let's really relax you and now imagine you are there in front of the people what do you want them to experience what do you want to give to them what's the best experience they can have great now from this confidence how do you see yourself speaking how does it feel and and so on and so on and then they are really confident and then you ask them like okay what is it that you can do in the next two days to prepare for it and what is happening in their brain is i can do it i know what to do and i'm even excited to do it while before the visualization well what is there just just uh nothing else but i can do it that isn't hasn't even been checked and one of the things is that when clients sometimes say that well i don't know if visualization works for me i often ask that have you ever been stressed out about something that might happen in the future yeah okay visualization works for you (laughs) because what else it is than neocortex being hijacked by reptile brain running all these different scenarios of what might go wrong and the brain reacting as it's already happening because our brain it's not a myth like when when people visualize or people are in a real situation if you measure their brain activity exactly the same parts are lit up yeah. for the brain it there's no difference between real or imagined 
And that's why you can like that's the way to program your brain in a new way. Sure, sure. I think I think that's so true. I was reading about oh, I can't remember, isn't it? Martin Seligman, mm-hmm. um, the guy who talks about optimism and how you can learn that. And mm-hmm. he was talking a lot about how if people are more pessimistic, how they'll tend to catastrophize. So if something bad happens. And it might even be life-changing stuff mm. here, but they mess up at work, mm. for example. Immediately, that will become this big, huge drama. Yes. My boss is going to fire me. I'm never going to get a job again. My wife will leave me. Yeah, I'll end up on the streets. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll end die. up on the street. Yeah, mm. and that's absolute nuts. <laughs> you mm. know, the, but it, it's so true. It's so easy if you don't have that awareness to know that 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 you're literally visualizing a future and, mm. and, and then the stress hormones and everything kick in and it yes. can be very upsetting. Yes. Um, and likewise in his book, Martin Silliman talked about optimism, mm. how you'll see a problem and think, okay, so you immediately start trying to visualize what's the solution here. Mm. You don't know because you know, you don't know exactly how people will respond or anything mm. like that, but you're immediately thinking, okay, how can I make this better? How can I mm. solve this? And, and I've noticed as well, and, and certainly with, with clients I've worked with in terms of videos, when mm. it comes down to why they're, they're not doing it or not mm. making that first step, ultimately they're visualizing, what, but they're t- A, they're taking a mm. step into the unknown, which I think is very scary at times. Mm-hmm. It is. And two, there's a story going with that that what happens if i do Mm. that and they start Mm. visualizing everything that can go wrong whether they'll get trolled Mm. whether no one will care whether the world will explode i mean it it can literally get yeah i'm sure you've had this with your clients you know it literally can get that ridiculous really i mean Mm. how is a video gonna make the world explode Mm. but that's that's what our brain does to us right yeah Sometimes it does it. You mentioned about ridiculousness. Sometimes it's even useful to point out to the client. Like one of my clients, I shared this on the LinkedIn, where where for her it was that if we we track down the chain of the fear, like all things will happen, is that if she doesn't immediately react to WhatsApp messages, she will die alone. And of course, when so I and I so I asked her that, what do you now think about this? That we completely unravel this that you don't reply to whatsapp messages you will die alone and we are both laughing so much and, <laughs> and people laugh when they release fear yeah. and but it is no wonder then why people react in seemingly over proportionate way is because actually they are not reacting to that what they are reacting to uh, that end result of the fear i will die alone if i don't <laughs> if i don't do this and exactly the awareness there. Only thing, for example, in that situation with the client, we needed to unpack sure. and realize like it's probably not going to happen. Plus, what are all the things that you could do better in this? What, how do you want to handle this? And now the fear that has been crippling her for years, it's no longer there because a lot of the fears are, don't need to be. And that's what I would say is the most unfortunate thing 
we do have real problems that are very difficult to solve. Yeah. And there is suffering in human life for sure. And so much of our problems are nothing else than just we just create them ourselves and believe sure. in them. Sure. I did an episode about this recently. And it was all about the fact that I made a decision to take mm. six months out of my business. And mm. then, this is something that, that you regularly do with, with your meditation. You'll take mm. a step back and all of that. I remember, I think it would have been last year, or was it earlier on this year that you said, right, that's it. You were yeah, not going to see or hear from me in X yeah, amount land of last year. Yeah. Yeah. And I felt that was just so powerful. And mm. And, and I did that, did an episode talking about basically putting it out there, like what I dealt with making this mm. decision. The fact that there were times where I thought you're going to take six weeks out of your business. You're not going to have any clients when you come back. Nobody's going to know you on LinkedIn when you come mm. back. You're going to be a disaster. You're going to all that money that you 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 know mm. you've built up over the, with all this hard work. You're going to eat into all your savings. You're going to be on the street. Mm. You're going to be bank. I was like, behave. Yeah, that... behave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's six fucking weeks. It's six weeks. It's like, come on, you know. I and and I was talking talking through that with with my mom actually yeah. afterwards and some friends and just the process and i was like wow i mean if that's if that's what the energy a i'm putting out into mm. the world then then i know enough now to know yeah good mm. luck with that and then it was about embracing the decision ultimately mm. embracing it getting rid of the guilt the fear mm. the fact oh what are people going to think about me if i don't answer mm. my emails for six weeks mm. probably not that much mm. You know, that especially if you've let people know in advance, I'm going, mm. you know, and, and your existing clients, you know, everyone I've told about it was like, thank God for that, Ashley, you're long overdue a holiday. Mm. You know, not that, mm. well, that's it. I want my money back. I never want to mm. work with you ever again, Ashley. Mm. <laughs> it's just nuts, really, isn't it? Like how we... It is. And I think those are really powerful examples because I would say everybody would want to do that. But it's exactly that because I had the same conversation with myself. And then I was just, yes, nice story. <laughs> I know your concern, but let's just, because in the end it's like, well, why am I having the break? That's yep. the more important thing. Like what's the cost of like going through the whole year without any, any breaks? Sure. Sure. And ultimately I, I'd made the decision that the benefits of me going mm. far outweigh any exactly. short term negatives, you know, of of loss of income or, or mm. whatever. It's like, yeah, the moment the moment the, the rational brain yeah. kicked in and I started like analyzing looking at it and went, Yeah. And then it takes no. like seven days, ten days, and one looks back and like, so what I was worried about, what is it that I was worried about yeah. again? What a waste! What, yeah. what a waste of energy. Uh, but speaking of of that, I'm just a little conscious of time. But there was I one area the that I have all the time. Yeah. Awesome, 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 awesome. There was one area that I've noticed comes up, and I'm sure this is probably something. Well, I, I know it's something mm. you've talked about in your content, and probably have talked to with your clients is procrastination. Mm. 
Okay, so we've been talking about taking action. You've been talking mm. about taking action and how mindfulness, meditation, mm. all of that, um, and visualization to push us for, forwards. But I always see, certainly in my my business, I often see people, and I'll see it. They'll people mm. will even comment on my posts mm. or in my messages when I say them that are delaying recording videos or putting out content. Mm. And a lot of the reason for that is procrastination. They're just, mm -hmm. oh, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it mm -hmm. tomorrow. And I know so many people out there that are saying, well, I don't like my job. And I think maybe mm -hmm. I'll, I'll start a business, but I'll start mm -hmm. it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I'll do it. And, and this is something you talked about earlier on. Mm -hmm. I'll do it when I've yeah. done this. I'll do it when I've done that mm. or when the stars are aligned and there is, mm. I don't know, an eclipse of the moon, mm. I'll do it then. And I know this is probably an area that you've helped your clients with. Mm. So why do you think this happens? Why is it such yeah. a blog for so many people and how can they get past it? Yeah. So again, procrastination is one of those things that is so, it's really so unnecessary. People can easily make it into as if it's like a virus they have caught or <laughs> as if it's something that is like, impossible to move beyond because sure. people use willpower willpower for what like to hit yourself head against the same wall and sure. so i will i'll just share like an image and then go more into the practicality of it like imagine that you just have this sense that i need to go somewhere it's important to go somewhere mm -hmm. and but there's all this fog around me I don't really know where to go. And there's this fog and maybe there's a swamp and there's monsters. Like, will you, <laughs> well, will you go there? Unlikely. And that's what really procrastination is. It can be really so solved so easily. Mm -hmm. So if, if you are frustrated, you want to do something, to do it, and then you are not doing it, it means that you need clarity. You need to ask yourself, how will I do this? What will I do and when will I start doing? Sure. Like, are you missing skills? Are you missing? Uh, it's just like you haven't cleared the fog and made the path. So sure. when there's frustration, energy to do things, but you are procrastinating, it means that you don't know what to do. And I'll get more practically into that. If you are doing a bit, but you're avoiding, you're mainly avoiding doing it. And you don't have energy to do it. It means that you don't have clarity on what, why you are doing it. It's more okay. like a should or have to or shouldn't kind of thing. It's you are trying to do something that you don't even know why you are doing it. And so practically, what what that means is that again, remember when we talk about mindset, is that energy and drive comes from when what we are doing is meaningful to us, and we know it. This is meaningful to me. And calm and confidence comes from and i know what to do and when and how will i do it and all of those we simply need to ask questions to clarify for like people might easily well vision and planning and so on but okay where where will you go and how will you go if you don't have neither of those and and what i wanted to still is a first time that i came that i really started wondering procrastination is like 2017 when i was working with business owners and i was working with them individually and it's their business the money that they earn from it goes to their family so all the motivation obviously kind of 
I assume that it is there. And then I didn't have so much experience. So when I work with them, their plan, for example, would be next two weeks, I'll focus on sales. Then I would meet them two weeks from then and nothing had been done. And I was really wondering, I, it wasn't at all why they haven't done it, but it was more like, like they have motivation. It's important to know, like, how is it that they didn't do anything? And then I started to think about it and read about it. And I started realizing, well, how can you do something that doesn't mean anything? Because, sure. because let's focus on sales. Mm-hmm. Okay. But like, what are you exactly going to do? Yeah. But if, if, yeah if, if it's so exactly break, that's what everybody knows that break the steps, but it practically is so necessary. Even, even your, you have like, this is the time when we're having the podcast. Mm-hmm. This is my concept. This is what I want for my uh, people who listen to this podcast. Sure. And this, you have been prepared. So you know what to imagine that. Imagine that I'm going to start a podcast. That's sure. your, that's that's your plan. I will start a podcast, and then two. I haven't done anything. Okay. Well, maybe because one didn't know <laughs> at all. So that's sure. procrastination again can be solved really easily. But if I may expand a bit, that you, your beginning, you were talking about burnout. Yeah, and that's the really that's the that's kind of. What would I say? That, that is a problem, is that people are over agitated and stressed. And when you are in that state, you cannot make any change. You literally cannot make changes in your behavior because you don't have the capacity for the brain to make those changes. And that's why now tying it back to taking a break, that's why taking a break is necessary. Like okay. it's just can't cha- you cannot change if you don't have energy to make change if your brain cannot think yeah. you, you imagine that you're driving a car and you're out of you're out of fuel and you don't have a map and gps like how long are you going to push that car somewhere <laughs> instead of like let's refuel let's look at the map where are we going sure yeah i think that's that's so important coming back to, to the example certainly when when i did started thinking about this podcast mm. um and luckily i i've read james clear like coming mm. back to atomic habits at the beginning mm. of the at the end of last year and stephen covey and i was like mm. okay right now and it now that i've actually started this podcast and i'm looking back as somebody who's now officially a podcaster i'm like mm. it's really not that big of a deal but i know at the beginning because it was a step into the unknown mm. i was like this is big. Mm. I'm going to be a podcaster. That just sounds like really big and beyond me a little bit, but it was something I really wanted to do. So I literally broke it down. I broke it down into the individual steps, Mm. literally all the way down to what's the first thing I need to Mm. do here. And the first thing I needed to do was think about it, Mm. (laughs) think about what I wanted to do. And then once I did that, it was like, okay, what do I need to do next? And and I built on that. So, mm-hmm. and and I've got my I've got the little book to my right. It literally lists out every single step by when. Mm-hmm. And that way, all of a sudden, this big, 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 big deal mm-hmm. really wasn't a big deal, and exactly. it was actually really quite point. quite easy. Mm-hmm. And I think, and you probably have some thoughts on this, but I think it certainly helped that I had the intention. 
Mm. I had the drive and the, the desire yeah. to Both make this happen. Yes. And and constantly and with that energy, with that, even when there's problems, and there has been a few problems along the way, mm. like like car of course, today. So. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, always, that's always problems. But it's um again knowing, and again, I think this links back to the visualization, mm. not thinking at no point was I thinking oh shit, this is going to be really bad. Nikki, you're mm. going to think I'm really unprofessional. I'm gonna <laughs> we work online. Mm. Shit happens, right? Yes. You know, <laughs> yes. it's exactly. like, okay, we'll move over to a different platform and pray. And if not, yes. then then one of us has got dodgy internet and we'll have to reschedule. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> and that's the, that tells a lot about mindset and confidence, what you were just saying, because, well, we we need the confidence to move towards something. And then sure. we gain more confidence by seeing that these are the steps. I don't actually need to jump from the bottom of Mount Kilimanjaro to the top. That makes yeah. it a bit more easier. And then the second thing is when there's an intention and drive, okay, there's this problem, but no problem. Let's see how we figure it out. So I think the other aspect is of, I don't know, maybe it's even more than confidence, but when we have the vision and intention, we have to drive. Sure. But it's not that, okay, first obstacle, I just quit. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just keeping going. Yes. And again, it's just really is super important to keep going. Yeah, and it's I one think... of the, the, I'll quickly throw it. One of the things that I do with clients is that is really important is when we go really into the planning phase, I ask them like, what is most likely going to make you quit? Yeah. How will it feel? Okay, what, will, what resources need? What, how can you prepare for that? Because you will want to quit at some point. <laughs> Hundred percent sure. Oh yes, yeah, yes. <laughs> oh yes. I, I wouldn't say like it, since I've gone self-employed into business, I've ever felt because I'm adamant. I am adamant that I am never working for anyone ever again. Mm. I am so strong in my intention with that, mm. but that's not to say mm. that at times I thought it's too difficult. Yes. <laughs> I like what I wish someone else could just do this for me. Mm-hmm. I. My first half year was like, oh, it'll be so easy. And maybe not so easy. <laughs> then my, let's say, from six months to, or to 18 months, you know, the, the 2021, no, whatever the year was, it was like, I wanted to quit 100 times. You sure? Like, I wanted to quit because it didn't seem like it was working. You sure? And now I was just, thinking that I was like wow this year I think I have thought about quitting twice okay because it's really like and that's something to, so everyone to understand when we go on our own to establish a business or to establish ourselves takes two to three years yeah and vast majority of people who start at the same time as me as coaches they are not around anymore and no wonder yeah, I mean, because there was a point where I had 250 euros in my account right. and all the bills were coming. I wasn't behind with the bills, but I didn't know where the next, if there was going to be a next client. And <laughs> sure. I knew that there was 1,200 of bills to pay in a month. And in that moment, I was still like, I'm not going to quit, I'll keep going. And I'm so happy that I did. But but those moments really one needs to have a really strong reason to keep going. Oh yeah, yeah, I think. And humi- sorry to still and the humility to not re- the humility to say 
that the reason why this isn't working, first of all, time, and the second, well, maybe you would do things in a bit more better way. Sure. Yeah, there's always something to learn, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, I've, you know, if the truth be told, and I, I don't think it is nearly enough out into the, out in, certainly in social media, <laughs> there are going to be times when you're going to have these cash flow issues or mm. you're going to struggle to get clients. And it's so easy in those moments to start questioning your competence. Mm. And it goes, and again, it goes much bigger, doesn't it? You start mm. thinking about, well, am I a decent human being? Am I a decent mm. husband? Is it, mm. I'm going to judge. So again, you know, very much. Yeah, the whole picture. Oh, my life. You know, I remember my first year of business, I came into the summer and, and, I was ticking over, mm. but oh my life, I was so panicky about because I'd, I'd gone from here, you know, the whole feast to famine and I'd never had that before because I'd always had a steady paycheck mm, and, and I went into the famine mode. Oh my life. Did I panic? Mm. Um, and I kind of look at it now and, and I was saying to, to family members about this, you know, with, with me taking the summer mm. off there's no panic there. I mean, it does help that mm. there's more money in the bank now, yeah. but you know, that's nice to have that safety buffer, mm. but still it's, it's, um, yeah. Now, I, I know I, you might agree, but I would never trade any more of those. I would never trade off the moments that I went through them. Like how, mm. like you come, you really come out as a different because if personally, because if, where it seems like I can really fail, like big yeah. time, not just business, but we don't have money and we get in debts and it will affect like this, the family, like, yeah. and I put my everything in it and it didn't work and still to decide, okay, there's a way I'll keep going. And then when you are, well, in some way, well, there's no final, there's no, no finish line, but, but we definitely, I, at least I, it's so much easier for me to handle many different things. And if you read biographies of people who, whatever success means, I think it's success is like really fulfilling where we, where we really did our best to expand as human beings. I don't, sure. it doesn't, whatever it means to people. But if you read people who truly kind of made their mark in their, in their life, however it was, you will not find a single biography that they just like danced into it. some of them. Are, Ooh, some of the unicorns. stuff you are reading and you are like, Fuck, like how did like, man, that's a really, that's a nice situation. To be in. Yeah, man. They went through a lot of, yeah, a lot of resilience. Now um, we're just coming to the, the end of our time together. Mm-hmm. So if there are any listeners out there that are looking for some support from you, mm. Um, do you have any offices? Oh, offices. Let me try that again. Um, if there are any listeners out there looking for support, do you mm. have any office offers? I can't say it mm. today. Um, do you have any offers or services that would be ideal for them? Yes. Yeah, so, well, the first step is always like to get in touch with me and have a one hour call with me because when it comes to coaching, you never buy it without actually like how might it work for you? Like, sure. am I the person you can trust? Am I the person who can help you with your goals? And same for me. I need to believe in the person. I need to know that I can support the person. 
Cool. And, I, and so, um, because if those things don't come together, then we are not a map. From there, in that session, we define what works best. What we could say there's two main offers, two main services. One of is Energized Mindfulness Intense Nine-Week Course, which delves through nine sessions to go really deep into every single aspect of the person on the level of mindset. Mm-hmm. And the coaching is, I would say, a bit more that's really working with the totality. Most of my clients are people who got a great thing going on. It's not like they, because I can have a therapeutic aspect, but uh, if you need therapy, it's better that you go to therapy. Okay. Simply because, because it's better that you go into therapy. <laughs> okay. So what I mean is that like, if you, if things are going quite well for you, but you just want to really bring everything together, family life, relationship, even spiritual or personal development, sure. business and career, and then whatever hobbies, but that you have really like your totality of your life that is created from within, then that's where I can really support you the, support you the most. And well, if the things during this podcast resonated with you, then get in touch at LinkedIn. And I do also have like I do every Monday energized mindfulness meditation. It's for free. My newsletter out every Sunday. That's also for free. Awesome. 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 And, and all the links will be um, to how you can get in touch with Nikki will be attached in the description to this podcast. Cool. So before we ride off into the sunset, uh, one final question that I always mm. ask all of my guests that come on the podcast. Mm. So what is your espresso shot of confidence for our listeners? You mean like one thing, if I could say only one thing. Yes, please. That's <laughs> a really, there's like immense capacity in you to change and do ev- do everything. That, that there is that we were talking about the mindset that we can be that aspect of ourselves who, who can observe and change anything. And that part of us feels amazingly good and can experience life in a very direct and fresh way. I think, if they have, if we know that if they can trust that, then we will find a way. So I'm not talking about the different ways. So like, if we can have that trust in ourselves and get that experience, that's outside the best thing we can have. Awesome, awesome. Thank you very much, and thank you very much for uh, joining us today, mate. Much appreciated. well, thank you. I, this was really joyful, interesting, insightful, really cool conversation. Well, like doing with a friend which i guess we are so thank you master of awesomeness for oh, having me <laughs> it was a, it was a pleasure i was looking i was looking forward to this call and um yeah i knew it would be a good one so uh thank you very much and a thank big you. thank you to you the awesome listeners wherever you are yes. in the universe that's it for this episode so be sure to subscribe wherever you are listening or watching this so that you always get notified when the latest episode drops so all that is left to say is to have a great day week life year afterlife and as always don't forget to be awesome